Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So you've released another product then, like, because why not stop, right? Because like, this is the season of Studio Neat right now. <laughs> That's right. This is the season of the... Um, yeah, we did. We released Canopy about a week ago. Yeah. Right, Dan? Um, and yeah, and then we're also in the midst of trying to get the glyph stuff out the door. So it just feels like a lot of things. Um, and uh, we were worried a little bit that the Canopy would be late. Basically, there was like a customs delay. Like... <laughs> in the u.s and we we're like and that could last for you know ever theoretically there's no like there's no way to know oh. so we were like oh is this gonna like be at the last minute too but luckily uh like we actually have already shipped like uh, mo- most of the like most of the pre-orders and stuff so that's feels good like that is actually fi- finally <laughs> out the door and getting done <laughs> so um yeah. this has been a product strife of delay right yeah i just yeah. i just checked so we we created a little uh slack group that had just a handful of people uh that were helping us beta test uh an early prototype and i just checked and we created that group february 16th <laughs> uh so and that was like when the design was basically finalized there are a couple of things we ended up tweaking um but that was more or less it and i remember like it's been basically a year because uh, when I traveled last Christmas, I remember I took a prototype with me to like you know see if it was if it was good and if if we thought it had potential to be a product. So it's basically been a year long thing. And what is it that's made it a year long thing? I would say uh, coordinating with our Asian sub- manufacturers, and mostly I think I would say most of that time is getting the materials right. Uh, and it was extremely frustrating because, like, we knew what we wanted. There's been no change in what we wanted. It's just, basically, it's just, like, a long string of, like, week to two-week, to two week, like, uh, wait periods. So, you know, like, we would get a sample from them or something, and they would say, oh, okay, we'll find something different. And it'll be, like, three weeks, and then we'll get it. And then, you know, just like that for, like, a year. <laughs> like, really frustrating. <laughs> like, 15 times, like... Really, like, because when you're looking back, like, there was no problem, like, there was no trickiness. The things that were actually hard or that we were worried about were no problem. The the only thing that was a problem was, like, finding the material, uh, and they kept getting it wrong and getting the wrong one, or they'd make a sample and something was wrong, or they would change the snap, and it was just like, what's going on? Um, But then once, like, once everything was finally settled and we said, okay, go, it actually happened pretty quick and pretty on schedule. <laughs> so it was really all, it was like weird. We, I don't know. We've never had an experience quite like this. Usually it's like the flip side where all of the sampling goes pretty quick. And then it's like the manufacturing, something comes up in manufacturing. That's like, you know, that's where the delays start. Mm-hmm. But no, like the, you know, the ones we got back, like they're all like consistent. They're like good. There's a couple little tiny minor issues, but nothing real bad that would keep us from shipping them. And uh, 
Yeah, so it, it's been a really weird one. And, and it definitely, like like Dan said, like we thought this was going to be like an early spring thing. We thought it would just be like so easy. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's been a year of, uh, of, of like weird delays for no reason. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully at least the glyph, hopefully the will be redeemed by the glyph. We'll see. Uh, if, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what, what makes it different? to have like with the delays with an asian manufacturer as opposed to a u.s manufacturer like or this process this issue that you've been having with like the 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 constantly changing parts during the prototyping stage like what is going on here like why is this happening i think a lot of it is just there's a kind of uh, communication issue which is like we're basically working through a middleman like we hired a company that's u.s based that uh is kind of the liaison for the asian manufacturing so there's kind of like two steps to communicate with the people so we're not actually really ever interacting directly with the suppliers so there's always like a telephone game happening every time kind that something needs to be communicated Right. Yeah. So that's I'm sure added on some weeks. I'm sure. Yeah, and then it's just like oh, you it, just the way it is. At least for this specific manufacturer, is like we. It's not as simple as just specifying a material and then finding it. Like they might not have it locally there. Like it might be harder for them to source. Whereas you know, for example, with the glyph project, we can be like, hey, we want this like santaprene grade 40a or whatever material and they could just get it exactly like it's it's much easier to to be very specific about the materials where we couldn't really do that with this and is to that be clear, because th- the, the materials are different or they're named differently yeah yeah so there's a couple of problems and dan i think is hitting on the main the main one where like for instance we're using uh, or we wanted to use uh ykk snaps and there's YKK snaps. We've got samples in the US. We're like, okay, these are the exact snaps we want. And the snaps are really important because they have to be strong enough to like hold it up, like hold it all together. So it's not durable, just looks, right? it's like function. Yeah, and durable, all that yeah. stuff. So we get, we was like, okay, we want these YKK snaps. Turns out like you can't, they don't, Asia doesn't like make them. Like YKK has, is a global company, but they don't make that in Asia. So we could have like sent them a bunch of snaps. Or they try to source them there. So the whole process was basically like that, where it's like, well, okay, we want this like micro, like we could find what we wanted in the US and be like, hey, match this. But they never couldn't get it quite exactly right. So there's like a lot of back and forth of, you know, here's like six swatches of gray fabric. Which one do you want? Um, And so, and there was like some problems in there where like we approved one and then they couldn't actually get that in production. So we had to approve another one, just like stuff like that, where it's like, oh yeah, we've picked everything. And then like, oh, well, we can't get this one for production or whatever. So, you know, it's just like tons of little stuff like that. But I would say definitely being in a different market where you can't exactly source the same things. And just the fact that, you know, with printing or even like injection molded plastic, you can specify colors with Pantone. And like they're made custom for you. We're, we're not at the scale where we're getting custom fabric made. So, and there's not really a way to specify like gray, like the right color of gray that a fabric should be really. Um, or it will never be exact, right? You could tell about Pantone, but it's never going to be exact. So that also just like makes things more complicated, right? Uh, fabric is just like trickier, or at least, you know, we don't have the experience to know how to specify it correctly, but I, I just don't think you really can. Um, 
So, yeah, so that's kind of where we've been. And then, you know, there, I mean, every single part of it, there was, you know, a back and forth with, you know, the like rigid panels that go inside the canopy. Like we had to go back and forth on that a couple of times. So, you know, just a ton of little things just stacked up. Uh, and, and somehow we're here in the fall and have just barely got it. So that's the way it goes, I guess. But uh, frustrating, that's for sure. Have you learned any new lessons from this? Like I, I know that every every product is its own learning experience in some way, but have you learned anything here that might help you change the way you do things in the future? Yeah, probably. I mean, I th- I feel like <laughs> we learn this every time uh, that we try to make something in China. It seems like kind of a broken record at this point, but hmm. it's never fun. <laughs> It doesn't mean that we can't get the product that we want in the end. Cause I'm, I'm like happy now at this point, what the way canopy turned out, like, I think it's good. And I think it's more or less what we wanted. Uh, so it did work out in the end, but it was not fun. <laughs> um, so that's something I think we need to just keep reminding ourselves of. So what does that mean? Does that mean less of this or tempering your expectations beforehand? We don't want to temper our expectations, I don't think. That will just get us into trouble. But I think, I don't know. I I think if we had to do this all over again, I think we would be more forceful and start earlier with like, hey, send us like 40 samples of gray fabric and they must all be able to be bought at like, you know, scale and all that stuff. And like way, basically do not rely in any way on, uh, us sending them fabric and then matching it like like really being overly um kind of aggressive with making sure and getting a ton of samples and options from them uh instead of going the other way where we specify something and they try to match it that seems to not work like ever um so th- i would say that is that is a big lesson um and there's one we've learned before, but I think it's just like, again, we need to be reminded that, that that's the hard part. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think it's worth it's worth saying that we we did Asia this time basically because we had to. Like, it wasn't yeah. a choice we just made because it's like, oh, it'll be so much cheaper or whatever. It was, it was you know, we shopped around as much as we felt we could for a domestic supplier and it just seems like for what this product was and for how much we needed to sell it for uh that was the only option so we were kind of had to do it this way so you know i would rather canopy exist than not exist and you know have gone through that the kind of pain of having it made um so you know we're kind of always look we're kind of like a domestic first company that's what we that's the option we always pursue first but if it's between that or you know not making the product we would rather you know go through the pain i guess and and come out the other end is it purely a case of like it cannot be made here or it cannot be made here at a competitive price um well there's two i think if we were a bigger scale it could have been made here basically the machinery um did like doesn't exist here (laughs) to do the process we need to do um and uh you know in asia they're making these kind of smart covery because basically this thing that we made is exact is like very similar to the apple smart cover in, in the way it's made um and so 
they just have those machines and they know how to do it and they don't that does not exist in the u.s that we know of and i don't i doubt it does right um right so that's a so that's a big part of it the other part is there's quite a bit of quite a bit of labor not like a ton but a decent amount of labor in this thing and so you know whatever that is the case the numbers super change you know if, if you're making something like the glyph um, in terms of not the molds, but like actually molding the parts like we're doing in South Dakota, you know, a machine, there's not a ton of labor. A machine's doing a lot of it. And if there is labor, it's not like a ton, a ton. Uh, and so you, so it, it, it's not as big of a difference. But with, with sewn goods and things that kind of have some handwork in them, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, a bit, quite a bit different. Um, and, you know, we were really hopeful that the company or the kind of middleman company was going to alleviate the problems that we've had in the past with Asia of like coordinating and communication, but it turns out like they basically were the same. And so, uh, I, I mean, I don't even think it would have been easier if we would directly with the manufacturer, but, um, having a middleman didn't really seem to help. So that is also maybe something to think about for the future. <laughs> As in like you would, I mean, could you do it on your own? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah we, we could. We've done it on our own. I don't know if we would, but at least we just wouldn't expect that it would be easier. <laughs> like we, we should probably expect it's going to be the same regardless, like the same problems uh, as always. And uh, I mean, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we always, I think in me more than Dan, I, I still am optimistic that there's some magic silver bullets that we, that we have some flexibility with supply chain and we can do stuff in Asia. But it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that seems like an like an insurmountable problem at the scale that you guys are at right now, and and yeah, and it, it, you would maybe have to grow the company to a size that I don't know if you're comfortable with to to do the stuff stuff like that. I guess right. Yeah, no, I mean, or just get used to flying to Asia. I mean, like honestly, like we we could have made one one of us probably could have gone to Asia and solved this in like a day. What's the feasibility of that? Like, would that have ended up being cheaper, more expensive? What do you think? Uh, I didn't even think about money. If we just, if we would have known that this would have taken 10 months. You would have just done it. Or we could just fly yeah, to yeah. Asia in February and get it done. We would have got it done, right? We should have been like, oh, let's just go take a trip. Um, so I mean, I mean, that's maybe a big lesson. It's just like, it's always, let's just go there. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, I, looking back, I mean, I'm glad. Uh, I agree with Dan. Like, I'm happy with where things were, and it was stressful. But you know, I mean, it's 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 done. It's like out there. We're like happy with it. It's like what we wanted. Um, so it's another. You know, it's another like nice piece of experience for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of just like I guess just shocking <laughs> that it took so long for us. And maybe maybe just because we had weird expectations from the get go. I don't know. What has the reaction been like from a um, press perspective and a customer's perspective, Dan? What do you think? I think it's been good. Uh, that really, no, I haven't seen any negative comments. And people, you know, the people that we were trying to reach with this product, like that would need something like this, they seem to really be digging it. And I've seen lots of, uh, you know, tweets and stuff. And uh, I think this is our first Verge you know, I was just about to bring that up. I think that's the first time that I've seen you guys on The Verge as well, which is a big deal, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no idea if they're... I haven't checked. I don't know if they're good at driving sales or not. Uh, it's kind of weird, like, 
maybe this is an unfair reading, but it seems like the Verge and the Verge readership are kind of like snarky or like cynical. Uh, So they're they're more likely to like leave a comment making fun of the product than like going to go buy it because they think it's cool. Uh, (laughs) So well, that might just be the people that have something to say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that might not be a fair characterization, but uh, like, like for example, the headline is like, the Canopy Magic Keyboard Case is a good way to lug a full keyboard around, comma, if you must. Yeah, it's a little bit dismissive right from the get-go, but that is their... Right. Feels like their house style. So maybe mm-hmm. they, yeah. they kind, of, they kind yeah. of like inspire that in their readers as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. Like it's awesome that they they wrote this up and are linking to our thing. Um, but it's just like an observation. Yeah, it's like all right. I mean, come on. Like, can't you just say like the canopy is a great way to lug to to carry a full keyboard around? Like, and just leave it. At that? I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know. I feel like it is actually pretty fair, though. I mean, like you know, we're talking to Mike Hurley here, like. Most people do not need like a full size keyboard with their iPad, right? This is like a very niche thing, and so well, it, so I it, I do I yeah. carry full size keyboards, but I don't like the Magic Keyboard. That's my thing. Well, the article yeah. is also a little weird because it it kind of like leaves out the fact that it holds an iPad, like it 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 treats it like it's just a case, um, and it's like further down in the article, it's like. You know, there are other cases for the Magic Keyboard, but this one looks nice. And it doesn't really, like, mention the key, like, function. Of... At least they have your pictures, though. They have the images yeah, that you the made. the pictures tell the story better than the article. So I don't I don't know. I, I thought, like, I'm happy that this article exists, but I found it a little bit strange. But, yeah, I mean, can- like Tom said, Canopy is, like, it is a niche thing, and we knew that. Um so, you know, it is what it is, I guess. I think that this is maybe a product that um, on a on a kind of a mass market scale, like it's going to get that kind of reaction maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little bit, I, I don't know, like harder to explain. Here's something that's a li- also interesting is like when we had the idea for it basically a year ago, let me make sure... My timeline is lining up, but ba- I, I think maybe we, I, I had like a vague idea. So the magic keyboard, I think it launched last summer. So, so summer 2015. Um, and so I think when it came out, that is, is when I started, we started to have ruminations of an idea of like, Oh, I wonder if this can like, you know, it could be like an external keyboard for the iPad, some, something there with that. And then the iPad Pro came out with the smart keyboard cover. And it was like, okay, this is cool that Apple is doing this. And now, like, this product kind of even makes more sense because it's like for people that don't want to type on like the Fabric smart keyboard, this is like a real cover. But I think just the fact that we kind of like missed that window by a year, basically, like, if we could have released this last year in November, uh, that would have been really good timing uh, with like the launch of the original full size iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but since it's kind of like been around for a while, and then like the other smaller iPad came out with the, which also had the smart keyboard cover, um, 
I think it might have, you know, taken a little bit of the boost it could have had by launching like with the original iPad Pro. But again, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with how sales have been so far. And, you know, we knew it was a niche thing. So um, can't really complain, but it was just kind of a thought. I think the thing that I find uh, strangest about this is you guys are kind of filling a, a hole in the market that was usually taken up by a product called the Origami Workstation, which was mm-hmm. a, a case that could carry around an Apple keyboard in it. And it was beloved by the people that used it and, and many people used it. You know, It may have been a narrow market, but there was a market for it. Um, and now the Magic Keyboard and the iPad Pro have been out for a year and there isn't anything. Like, I thought yeah. that you guys were going to get beat by something because of how long it took, yeah. but I haven't yeah. seen any product. And, okay, you, you might say, yeah, the market is small, but, like, Logitech make a full-on keyboard, right? Yeah. For, <laughs> for, you know, multiple <laughs> keyboards they make for these iPads. Like, like, it's really surprising to me that nobody else did this. That's probably the number one most frustrating thing about long delays is just, like, the fear and anxiety of someone beating you to it. And so it's weird because I I think I had that pretty big kind of in the summer months where it was like exactly what you said, you know, someone, someone is going to beat us to this. Uh, And then towards the end, I had, I just kind of forgotten about it, I guess, because it had been so long. It's like, well, (laughs) it's happening one way or another. It doesn't even matter anymore. There could be 20 of these things launched next week. Like this is just happening. (laughs) What is this life anymore? (laughs) But this isn't your only product. You know, you mentioned the glyph. Uh, I have actually played with a pre-production glyph now, much to your surprise. I sent you a picture that I yeah. got my hands on <laughs> yeah. this uh, from from a mutual friend when I uh, was at the All Conference. And it was a quite clearly crudely printed 3D, 3D printed yeah. version because um, it just yeah. had the 3D printed vibe about it. Right, like, a, yeah. you know, like there's just a certain vibe that a 3D printed product has and that had it. Um, and also like the latch was like super uh, delicate, you know, like yeah. maybe sometimes it would latch and sometimes it wouldn't, which obviously isn't how the product's going to be. But I used it for like a day um, and mainly I was just playing around with it and I am so excited for it. <laughs> Well, cool. Because of the uh, multiple attachment points, you know, like the, the, I can't remember what they're actually called. What are they called? Like the threaded things. Yeah, you could tripod say mounts. tripod thread. Yeah, tripod mounts. I guess that's, it's not even, that's not even a real term. It's a quarter 20 threaded yeah. insert. But, uh, which is a great, which really catchy name. <laughs> yeah, super, right. super catchy name. Um, <laughs> the reason is, is like as I'm doing more and more of my video stuff, um, I want to get a little microphone. Actually, the exact microphone that you guys show on your webpage for the mm-hmm. Glyph. Mm-hmm. I want to get mm-hmm. one of those. And I've not found a good solution with any of the stuff that I currently own, really, to, to, to do mm-hmm. without a lot of bulk. Like, I have this this uh, comp- this company called Osmo make this, like, gimbal thing. Or, no, sorry, it's DJI makes something called the Osmo Mobile. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. has an extra tripod port on the side of it which i could use but i don't always mm. want to use that like i like using the lightweight gorilla pods and stuff like that uh, because they're easier to stand up they're like built into stand up and none mm. of the the mounts that i have on that or the old glyph could could support it could manage it so 
I am becoming more and more excited for this, which is great. Cool. Well, it's coming. Yeah, it's good. So when am I going to get it then? It is coming. I have uh, I have production parts in my hand. Uh, we're still there's still a couple little things. They're like you know, like this week they're you know tweaking the mold some. We're actually probably gonna, we're gonna make a material change um, and maybe do some other little tweaks. So we're still we're not completely in the clear and able to say like when like exactly when they'll ship. But it is like it's definitely things are getting close. Um, so we're, you know, we're trying our hardest to, it's funny, it's, it's tricky because it's like, uh, we want, we really want to get these out before the holidays, but also we don't want to, we want to make it like exactly right. Like we want to make yeah. it right. So it's always this like weird tension of like, what do we let go? Like, what do we let go of, you know, and let it ship or what do we, you know, what do we kind of keep working on? Yeah, it's like you got to let go of something. You either let go of the dream of the day or you let go of some product thing that you're being finicky about yeah exactly mm-hmm. and some and some of those things are like literally purely cosmetic like right now for instance the um on the the levers on the the latest production samples like some of the uh the plastics not filling out the mold like all the way high pressure and so some of the areas of the lever don't have the texture isn't exactly right and so it's a little bit more shiny and most people would probably not even see it um but so it's like one of those things. Where it's like, well, do we keep, do we spend three days and like try to figure that out, or do we just let it go? You know, it's stuff like yeah. that. And when and when it's and when our timeline is like really tight in terms of the holidays stuff, you know, we're, I mean, we're always gonna side on getting it right. But um, it 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 just just like really exposes uh, <laughs> the kind of trade off that always exists of like you know how far like how long do you mess with this thing. Yeah, and this is a self-fulfilling thing with you guys. Like, because you care about this so much, you have created a customer base that expect that level of care, right? So yeah. then it's like, well, now yeah. we have to continue to care about it that way, no matter what, because our customers expect things to be as close to perfect as we could make them, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. And that's tricky. That's tricky. I mean, it's a great thing because, you know, I think people that buy studio neat products know what they're going to get and what they're going to get is a well-made, well-thought-out product. But that means all of your products have to be well-made and well-thought-out, right? Like it's even, you know, you make a little remote stand for the Apple TV, but you put this type of material on the bottom, which means that it will never move, but it's also not glue, Right, it's like yep. that. That's the kind of the well thought outedness when really all it needed to be was just a little bit thicker and a little bit heavier, and then it would not move most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, definitely. We, uh, it's the way it goes. Yeah, I, you know, just like with this lever, for instance, it's like, how hard should it snap? You know, should we make it snap harder? <laughs> we don't know. Can you know, we make like it snappier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snappier. So, yeah, you know, so that's where we are. I mean, it's good. Uh, you know, I wish this was a month ago and, and everything would be, you know, not stressful and stuff. But uh, that's the way it goes. So, you know, it's good, though. No, no, no major catastrophes. So that's good. Do you feel fully prepared for the holiday season? Yeah, well, it's funny because, like, for us, the, the real prep is, like, around Black Friday and stuff. And so... For and now we're kind of just on autopilot. I mean, well, you know, with this glyph, 
is like the kind of exception to that. But if we didn't have that, like if we didn't have a product coming out, uh, then yeah, I mean, we'd be kind of at autopilot at, at this right. at this point because we don't, you know, we're not shipping things out. Because I guess you get ready for Black Friday and then the rest, then you're ready for the rest of the holiday season, yeah. then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, we're not sh- we're not shipping out. You know, most most of the stuff we don't ship out, so we're not. That's not a problem of ours, right? It's just uh, it's just making sure you know to tell customers when the shipping deadline is and stuff like that. But in general, yeah, this it's really just the lead up to like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that kind of thing, and uh, not as much um, the kind of you know next fifteen days or whatever. But you know, with this glyph, everything has kind of changed. Like if if we hit the deadline, we're gonna be doing. We're actually gonna be shipping glyphs directly, probably from the manufacturer in South Dakota, so that we can save a couple days. And so that will be a whole production. So would that mean like you send materials to them instead of vice versa, and then they pack them and ship them, where usually they would be getting sent somewhere and then packed and shipped? Yeah, well, no, they're they're actually already kind of scheduled to assemble everything. It's just, do they send them to our fulfillment company, and then the right. fulfillment company send them out? Um, but I think we got it. We got it worked out to where um, they could ship direct from them, which saves almost a week, really. So it really, like, if we're right, you know, if we can hit it before the holidays, then that will make a big difference. So we'll see. It, and you know, we don't. The funny thing is, like, we don't know if that's going to happen yet. So. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Links and show notes for this week's episode can be found at relay.fm slash TC slash 21. Hey, go buy a canopy. We'll see you next time.